0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Who would have ever thought that we would be starting the Fontenelle Final Bell talking about the crude oil market? If you missed the craziness of today, we've got some catching up for you to do. What does this mean with the ethanol market as well? We know that we got crops starting to go in the ground. We're going to talk about ethanol markets at harvest time. Lots of things to look at as we kind of dive into today's Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Sam Hudson joins us with Corn Belt Marketing and Sam... Who would have ever thought? We're talking crude oil today.
1: Yeah, and this crude market's going to definitely catch the headlines probably for most of the week. Uh, You know, definitely going to see a lot of fallout from this with the market settling over $37 a barrel negative today here in the May contract. So uh, definitely going to be some books, maybe movies about this, I think, down the road. I think we're going to probably see uh, some headlines about, uh, you know, funds or what have you, maybe going broke out of this deal. Uh, But this is what happens when you run out of storage in a cash-deliverable market, and, uh Certainly an interesting occurrence here today, start of the week.
0: Well, you talked about some that still had open contracts. What does that mean for them?
1: Well, there has been some talk about potential for a liquidation only as we go into trade tomorrow with that last trading day for the May tomorrow. Um, I have not seen anything definitive on that, so we'll see if anything develops here over the uh, afternoon, evening, or even into tomorrow. Uh, but that that would be a possibility to where they really wouldn't allow anyone take any new posi- short positions even at a negative value here like this. but um, you know just interesting to see how big of this this spread was uh, in terms of the May versus the June and just how critical it is uh, you know and what it says about storage space here and I think this should be a bit of a wake up call uh, you know to other commodities in general to understand that it's on these cash available markets. Uh, You know, zero isn't necessarily the bottom.
0: So, uh, yeah, no kidding. And we definitely saw that today. So what does all this mean when you look over the weakness and it's spilling over into our grain complex? What does it mean to agriculture?
1: Well, to be honest with you, when you see a, you know, crude contract go like that, you know, Happen like that, it almost uh, makes you wonder if it was a success to have corn only down seven or eight for today. But I think really the theme is, where are we going to be in another 30 to 45 days? Um, you know, the demand that gets lost isn't necessarily got, gotten back, but it will come back at some point. Uh, it's going to be a measured, scaled up approach uh maybe more of a U or a W bottom if you will instead of a, you know what we often refer to as a V bottom because when people go back to work they're not gonna go back out to the restaurants and everything at the same time as well. So fuel usage is 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 critical. Uh we look at the price of crude oil as one thing, but look at the products today. They're holding up uh, obviously better than that. Uh, there's still some of that usage going on, but I think the product prices are is gonna be what tells us when things are starting to finally improve. Uh and I think the hope here at the end of the day is that we can have an ethanol market again before hard starts.
0: So Ethanol market needing it to have by harvest time. We were talking about that a little bit before we started this interview. What does it mean if we're still struggling come harvest time?
1: Well, I think you're really looking at the possibility of losing uh, anywhere between 250 to maybe 500 million in in corn demand overall because we are going to gain some back to. Uh, to exports and to feed usage obviously and some of those numbers are a little bit elusive too because you hear about the possibility of uh, you know animals being put down and, and cold as well because we can't process them so that's you know just a kind of another uh, headline here in the background um, but as you move forward, I, I think it, you know if you start harvesting that dynamic, it's one of those things that it becomes increasingly more difficult to catch up to. We can fill the hole right now, and for all intents and purposes, when we swing this pendulum back, there could be a thirty to forty-five day period where everybody needs corn because the guy feeding it still needs it. Uh, the export market may still need it, and if we get ethanol back online, uh, we'll have another route for for an end user as well. But we got to get ethanol underneath the price of gasoline and people using gasoline first.
0: What are we seeing when it comes to, I know we're in the early stages of, of this planting progress, but what are you hearing from the folks in the southern part of the U.S.?
1: Yeah, from everything I've heard, uh, you know, conditions are actually pretty good. Um, the Soil temperatures are pretty cool. We we did have uh, plenty of snow in this area, especially um, here just a few days ago. But with the forecast, uh, average temps here, I think, rise about 10 degrees uh, over the next month, the average daily highs and average daily lows. So those temperatures are going to come. We have to expect it will. I think that was the only risk. Because I think a lot of farmers were waiting for that to pass. But when we look at forecast, periodic, sporadic rainfall, uh, normal temperatures, I don't think there's really anything to be majorly concerned about there. Uh, maybe some spots in the northern plains still, but overall... Uh, bigger concerns about price, about supply, and and more so just the lack there of demand uh, and where we're going to be here in the next month or two.
0: South America's had some dry weather. We just started to hear little bits and pieces of it coming out Friday in Market Talk. Still an issue past the weekend?
1: I I don't really think so. I mean, you know, can we see some production cuts there? Absolutely. Um, I really think we've seen the highs in productions as far as on paper down there. Uh, But with as much demand as we're losing, it just kind of falls into the background because you can't lose enough supply right now to overcome the demand loss, unfortunately. I think the bigger thing to watch would be uh, the Black Sea weather. Um, They were looking at forecasts here last weekend that looked a little bit more promising for rainfall. And coming out of the weekend, it looks a a little bit less promising. And with a record amount of wheat acres planted over there, if you have a production problem in the Northern Hemisphere, Black Sea, EU, again, it could finally uh, kind of put a bigger bid under this wheat market and potentially steal some acres back from corn and beans in the U.S. in 2021. But still predicated on the supply problem.
0: There's something we didn't think we'd hear either in that conversation. Wheat stealing acres, possibly.
1: Yeah, and, and really just the pick your poison type of battle here where, you know, wheat's been able to buoy itself. We've had a little bit better export trade. We've had three drought seasons in a row uh in australia and some problems are like i said in the, in the black sea and eu and you know with the, with the carries so wide in the u.s we're basically the bottom of the barrel that if if and when someone has to come after a carry out they may need all of it <laughs> but i think uh you know quality is is going to be something to keep an eye on too and what kind of export quotas if we see them really enacted out of the black sea in russia uh over the next couple months
0: do you see soybean so continue to possibly lose ground when it comes to corn though in in this growing season
1: i don't i mean i think corn has gotten cheap enough i think people have gotten fearful enough of it that i don't know that corn can continue to buy acres at this point i think beans do if anything um, and again, that's just kind of a pick your poison type of mentality here where there's just less risk. You can see a bigger splash on the carryout in terms of upside price movement if there's a reason for that down the road, but also less financial risk going into the season. And unfortunately, so really in the year uh, we're already talking about crop insurance and, and uh, you know government payments unfortunately, and it's just going to be the way it is here uh, over the next couple of months, I think, until we can anticipate a better bigger recovery.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We're going to come back. We're going to look at export numbers and then the happenings of the livestock side. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural radio network welcome back to the Now final, final bell here on the rural radio network i'm Susan littlefield as we continue the conversation with sam hudson of corn belt marketing sam let's talk about those export numbers boy i tell you there was nothing pretty to write home about today
1: no, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, the fact that we look towards exports to pick up some of the weight here um, and then to see some of those numbers disappoint. definitely not a real encouraging factor. And uh, we'll look for sales on thurs, uh, Thursday's data to see if we can get a better weekly number uh, and then see some better usage or, excuse me, better movement. But until then, uh, you, you know, there again, it's just another, uh, you know, straw on the camel's back at this point where when we don't, every week we don't see that picking up the slack. Uh, it's just kind of another week, week you got to put a notch in there and, and remember that we're losing some more demand. So uh, we'll see if something can make the turn here midweek in terms of sentiment, uh, getting this energy market, you know, s- stabilized after May contract going off the board should help. But nonetheless, uh, it doesn't change the status quo. Well,
0: as harvest continues in South America, that's got to put a little bit of a continued pressure as they continue to ship everything to Asia.
1: Yeah, and that's been a big problem, you know, we talk about exports, uh, you know, and feed picking up for corn usage, but on the bean side of things, you would, you know, we've seen the crush uh, improve. We saw a record of a, a crushing number here last week, um, you know, over the trade guess, and I think a record by almost 4 million bushels. Um, but at the same time, we see China setting records for exports out of Brazil for the month of March, and they're on the same pace for April. And that's in the two consecutive months after we signed this phase one trade agreement. So despite the fact that uh, U.S. beans are somewhat competitive, you might have a little bit of a uh, um you know price advantages out of south america just because of the harvest situation going on uh but i think it, this you know shows china's motive if if anything and it, it really makes it difficult to be optimistic and if they're really going to take that stance it makes you wonder if you have to wait to harvest before they really step to the plate if they're going to
0: more stimulus money was uh, announced late on friday to to help out agriculture what does that mean for our grain and livestock
1: well, it's a band-aid and, and no one likes to see it. I think it's very necessary and needed at a time like this. I think it's unfortunate the biofuel industry more or less gets left out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I just don't know how much money there is to go around and, and, and there, and it also doesn't change the status quo. It doesn't fix our supply chain problem. That's what we're having right now. Best thing we can do is, uh, you know, continue to take some caution. but get the, you know, nation back at it or at least back back moving again to start, uh, you know, kind of stimulating the economy uh, and and maybe some emotions out there, too.
0: Let's jump over to the rest of the livestock side of the trade. More plant closures announced today, this one um, in Worthington, Minnesota. So as you look at all of this, continued pressure going to be put on both the the hogs and the cattle?
1: I think it's just going to continue to be a volatile market. I think we've got enough optimism and euphoria going on in the cash beef market that it's hard to see things completely falling apart. But this deviation between futures and cash, I think we're gonna to continue to see some pretty wild swings here. And definitely not uh, helping the cause to see, you know, more announcements about Packers shutting down. And I think this is just the big key moving forward is if we continue to see that, or if we see that wane and we actually get back going the other way, uh, seeing you know, reports about them opening up again, if anything. Um, and it's just, it seems unfortunate. It seems like we had maybe a little more time to get ahead of this and we haven't been able to. Uh, and unfortunately, everywhere you look, the farmer seems like he gets caught holding the bag.
0: Well, this is the type of swings we don't want to have to deal with right now, but unfortunately we're having to, so it makes for some challenging marketing opportunities.
1: It does. And, you know, a lot of opportunities potentially in some of the spreads and stuff out here too. And I think that's, you know, in markets like this, they get that volatile. The challenge is that things can change so quickly and so, in such a dramatic fashion that you're, if you're not on top of it all the time, um, it can actually seem like it's increasing the amount of risk, even though it's supposed to be used as a hedging tool.
0: So a couple questions. Um, obviously heavier livestock has got to be a concern, but then no open pen space for the next batch to be able to move in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when you look at this May feeder cattle contract, you almost wonder, you know, is there a world where we could, you know, really pressure that market in a big way again, too, because people aren't encouraged to go out and replace. And I think that's where some of the stimulus money could really come into play and help, you know, keep the, you know, keep that world going, I guess. But if you don't fix that packer problem, what good is it to keep, you know, the farmer out here, you know, continue to buy animals, continue to try to keep feedlots full uh, if no one's there to process it. So it's chicken for the egg in some of this, too.
0: How is that going to set the tone then for the rest of this week's cash market?
1: I I think it's going to be delayed like it always is. I I think when you see a a lower close today, when you see crude oil doing what it's doing, if we sustain weakness through you know all the way through tomorrow with that contract going off the board and into Wednesday, it's not going to put a lot of optimism in the end of the week here. Uh, But hopefully, we can avoid from you know these massive limit down moves and taking the contract into new lows. What do as we
0: look grain and livestock and wrap this up? What are some key areas that you want folks to remember to watch?
1: uh they're gonna just a, you know we're keeping an eye on on what demand markets are stepping up um you know a lot of ha- a lot of questions about uh you know from an advisement standpoint. what do you do with old crop at this point if you haven't moved it, it it's a bit of a challenge finding a market i think that's the first priority is finding a market um you know as we get details about these payments is the aid payments at least it gives you a reference point on where you stand if you can calculate what kind of a payment you may or may not be getting uh, bean basis is still pretty good out there
0: what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you sam
1: 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com
0: Alright, just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss or are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your free podcasts and on Spotify as well.
1: It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.